Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. This is Lisa, and if you want to catch up with me on Twitter, you can find me at ILTM Podcast. Also, have an Instagram. I love that movie podcast, and you can support us on Patreon. This show is free, but if you want to help us keep the lights on, you can find us at Patreon.com/slash I love that movie. And I want to take a quick moment to thank my top patrons: Chris Balga, Jeff Woodman, Michael Cross, and Joseph George. Thank you guys so much for keeping the lights on. Uh, we also have a Teespring group if you need or Teespring. store if you want to buy any I love that movie swag we've got a discord and Facebook group Uh, the Facebook group is just a safe space for movie lovers to discuss their favorite films judgment free my only rule in there is keep it positive just send me a request and I'll add you and we are doing weekly movie watches so like this weekend we're going to watch The Mask of Zorro together at 8 uh, o'clock 8pm central and we're all going to talk in a little chat real time and just chat about the movie so if you want to get in on all that uh go ahead and look for that facebook group and join us in there um so i have a returning guest with me here today i have nick ward say hi nick you tired of hearing me yet people hello (laughs) hey uh nick i asked you to come on for a couple of reasons one we're in quarantine together yep so you're a pretty convenient guest uh, two, it is actually going to be our anniversary this Sunday. And so we picked a very romantic film. We did. Uh, we, we decided to pick a film that we both enjoy a lot. You might enjoy it a little more than me, but I think it's a close second. Uh, what movie are we going to talk about today? Dread. The 2012 movie, Dread. Um, and just FYI, my guest always picks the movie. This is a little bit different today because we're kind of both the guests today, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, but you could ask me anytime and I'll pick this. Be like, this, what do you want to watch? True. Do you want to watch Dread? Yes. I put out a call to my listeners and guests that I want to do feel-good movies or fun movies. And that's what this is this for is me. Just, it's a feel-good romp of, of, of fun. Yes. Well, before we dive more into that, as always, guys, this is not spoiler-free. So if you want to watch the movie, pause, go see it. And then come back. If not, I'm going to go ahead and read the synopsis for you now. If you haven't read it or seen it, don't let the Sylvester Stallone one ruin it for you. This one is amazing. (laughs) Agreed. Here's the synopsis. Mega City One is a vast, violent metropolis where felons rule the streets. The only law lies with the cops called judges who act as judge, jury, and executioner. And Dread is one of the city's most feared. One day, Dredd is partnered with Cassandra, a rookie with a powerful psychic abilities. A report of a terrible crime sends Dredd and Cassandra to a dangerous area controlled by Mama, 
a drug lord who will stop at nothing to protect her empire. Yeah, that's what happens. That's what happens. Um, Nick, when did you first see this film? I saw it in theaters, 2012. And I think I saw it like three or four times in theaters, if not five times. Yeah, I mean, we saw it together. I saw it a lot. I saw it in 3D, like once or twice, and then I saw it another two or three times. This is probably the time where I was traveling a lot for work, huh? Yeah, I think there was some times where you were traveling, and so I didn't have anything to do. And I'm like, I'm going to go see Dread again. (laughs) <laughs> I did the same thing with a uh, Fury Road. I think I saw that six times in theaters. That's awesome. Um, this is one of those movies that you and I saw, and we both liked it right away. Yeah. Um, just kind of touches all our sweet spots. For me, I love gritty cop dramas and sci-fi, and you love post-apocalyptic shoot 'em up type stuff. Yeah, and cool vehicles. Cool vehicles. Yeah, yeah. The, armor. the armor and everything. So it kind of had a little bit of something for everybody. It's got everything. It's got everything. Uh, let me go ahead and read a couple of quick facts here that I've got pull up. Um, the first one is the Lawmaster motorcycles were actual functioning bikes ridden by actors and stunt performers during filming. The original bike was customized by having the chassis extended and custom f- fairings added, as well as being fitted with the largest tires that would allow the motorcycle to remain operable. The look of the Lawmaster from the comics could not be replicated exactly, as that as that would make the bike undrivable. It's wacky looking. <laughs> the large uh, front fairing contained non-functional prop guns and a working screen for the navigation and communication system. All the lights in the bike were operational. So pretty much it's a street legal prop. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I want yeah. one. <laughs> right? Uh Carl Urban's voice for Dredd is comparable to that of Clint Eastwood. The character of Judge Dredd is, in fact, partly based on Eastwood's character, Dirty Harry uh, Callahan, from the film Dirty Harry. While the initial look of the character was partially inspired by the original poster art depicting David Carradine's character of Frankenstein from Roger uh, Corman's original Death Race 2000, in the comics, as a tribute to Eastwood's strong influence on the character, Judge Dredd lives in Rowdy Yates Block, which was the name of the character Eastwood played in the TV series Rawhide. That I did not know. Hmm, I've seen a few chapters day. here and there of the Dredd comics, but I haven't really, haven't like dove deep in. He's definitely got that steely voice, but it's a lot like more than like say the characters that he does like in the fistful of dollars trilogy so yeah. i haven't seen dirty harry dun 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 it's good i've seen it like once or twice so is Long he like a ago. lot harder yeah that? yeah okay that makes sense i i gotta see that um let's see last let's see i think that's actually it for my quick facts did you have any quick facts you want to throw in um I don't know. I maybe maybe if I think of some, I can like throw them into whatever we're talking about. Okay. Uh, well, this movie was directed by Pete Travis, uh, who also directed Vantage Point and The Gunman, and it was the screenplay was written by Alex Garland. Awesome writer. Yeah. You want to talk a little bit about Garland? Yeah, let's talk about Garland because I, I mean, Pete Travis, I don't know much about. I've seen some of his movies, but it's kind of a wacky looking guy. But Alex Garland is like a genius i think yeah i think he started in like novels and he he did like the the original novel version of the movie the beach that's right the one that yeah. was based on and i think he's recently gotten into screenplays and 
few years ago, it was his first writing and directing debut when he did Ex Machina, yeah. which was really good and had some some of the same cast. It had Donald Gleason in it. And he directed uh, Annihilation, right? Was that him? Yes, yeah. that was Garland. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I really like his films. I like the way that he approaches sci-fi. Um, and really, it, it's interesting watching like his career go. And he was really put on my radar by you, actually. I'm nodding. <laughs> <laughs> I you... did that. And I'm like, they can't hear that. That's okay. Writer of uh, 28 Days Later. Sunshine. Sunshine. Oh, okay. Wow, I didn't know. You did that episode not too long ago. Yep. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Back in 2000, he did the Beach novel. Uh, then 20, 2002, writer of 28 Days Later. Then a movie called The Tesseract, or a novel, then Sunshine. I love Sunshine. Yeah, we did cover that pretty recently. Oh, but we did he... some stuff with the Devil May Cry game. Neat. Oh, that's neat. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a fan of his. Uh and I really love Annihilation. That's yeah. probably one of my favorite. It's such a good, like, sub-sci-fi genre. I know. If anyone's it's listening, really I would love cool. to do Annihilation and Ex Machina. I yeah. think both are brilliant films. I think Ex Machina is one of those movies that if you just watch the trailer, you're like, I don't know. It's about a guy and a hot robot. Yeah, She's going to turn like, on it. But it's so different from what I you're I feel expecting. like it is the first perfect artificial intelligence movie yeah it's I agree. really good like they don't go super sci-fi with it they leave it very grounded mm-hmm. um and anything with like androids or like a touring test type plot is right up my alley same so let's talk a little bit about this movie back to this movie um what are some of your favorite scenes? Because I mean, I know we could talk about every well, second of the film. Well, let's just play the movie. Let's let, let's talk about the highlights. Like, pick a scene. Well, and... the first scene when like he's like putting his. He's still the best thing about this one. On you don't see his face. You're not supposed to see his face. Right. The the Stallone movie that you're kind of alluding to. They just like threw every dread, dread law out the window, pretty much. Yeah, I felt like they thought it's Stallone. We can't not show him. Yeah. You know, but at the same time... But, I mean, keep to the comic. I mean, the few times he hasn't had his helmet on, they, like, put a sensor bar over his face. Right. And this is a critique, I think, in a lot of comic-related movies, right? Like, when you think about the Marvel movies, a lot of them uh, don't wear their helmets very often because it's like, we want to see Chris Evans. We want to see these characters. I think the benefit here is Carl Urban, while being a very great actor and in tons of stuff... Um, he's not the kind of actor that you're afraid to do that with. He's not Ben Affleck. He's not, you know what I mean? I, like, I don't know. Given like some of his roles, maybe he was like, no, I need to stick close to the, the character. Yeah. He definitely requested that. And he said that, you know, you'll never see him without the mask in any of the movies. If he did yeah. more movies, which, you know, as I we know, I don't think to, it made enough this money. Was what? 10 years ago? 2012. Yeah. Yeah. So. Almost. Um, yeah, so I mean, he he sticks closer with the character, but I think he has that 
almost anonymity quality but, to him. Yeah, kind that, of like Tom Hardy does. Yeah. Maybe less now, but Tom Hardy Tom Hardy's really like, used he's to. He's a chameleon in some of his movies. Right. Like, I'll watch a movie and forget that he's in it, you know. And I'm like, wait, I'm looking at Tom Hardy. <laughs> but yeah, I think Carl Urban definitely has that kind of quality. So I think it's a lot easier to put a helmet on him. He's such a character that I think his performance shines through whether he's wearing a mask or not. But yeah, just like, I mean... Helmet. Right off the bat, the first thing you barely see like the silhouette of his face as he puts the helmet on and then just like you're assaulted with giant bright red dread letters coming at the screen that like shatter the screen and then the next scene is just like badass music and him jamming down the highway on his motorcycle yeah i was gonna mention the music in this movie is like perfect the whole Uh, score is great in this movie yeah the composer is paul leonard morgan which is not a name that like brings up a lot of movie titles and when i look through his credits i don't think he had done a whole lot so um looks like he does a lot of tv work um but really really great great soundtrack i it's mean it's really good it's good you said did you mention like you work out to it <laughs> yeah whenever like if i go to the gym the two things i listen to at the gym is either daft punk or the dread soundtrack the Daft, Daft, Daft Punk choices. Alive. <laughs> Their live albums are both live albums are really good. And then the Dread soundtrack is like the best thing to work out to. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I, th- I think it was great. I would love to hear more from this guy. Um, what's another scene that you really like? Man, like I said, it's hard to t- say, but uh, the whole, the very beginning where he's on the bike and then he gets that call that those people are driving all crazy because they're on the, uh, uh, the slow mo. That's where they introduce slow mo, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is the uh, the MacGuffin of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's this drug that um, it, it makes your brain sort of slow down and operate at like they claim one percent, which I think it would be insanely slow, and I don't think the movie reflects that. But there is a very cool, you know, digital effects that they use. Yeah, it gets very every like... time somebody gets high on this stuff it's like no i i wouldn't say like a psychedelic feature or filter but it's very like overly saturated and like very colorful Mm -hmm. and almost like a uh like a shiny chrome on everything it's really cool visuals it is and i think it's also a clever way to sort of not fall into the bullet time trap you know, for a long time after um, The Matrix, yeah. everybody was doing bullet time and it just got old. This is sort of a fresh take on that, I think. It's a way to slow down the action and show you all these little pieces, but have a reason for it. Yeah. Um. Well, the, the whole scene where he just like... So there's this, this whole chase scene on the highway and everything, and it leads... They go to like the mall and... Oh, it's just so cool. He's like, since they're judge, jury, and execute, he's like, okay, I'll give you a deal. It's life in prison pretty much and the guy's like that's not a good deal and he's like the other one's death and so then he's like well take your pick hot shot and it changes his gun to hot shot mode and just shoots this like firework into the guy's face and yeah he dies. it reminds me a lot of and i know we bring this up every time we talk about something like this but of psychopaths yes which is an anime that i really enjoy and the the uh cops in that one are kind of the same way where they have a Except that they have the, a gun. The gun does the it. Gun the gun decides. Decides. It reads your 
you know, crime quotient or whatever your they call hue. it, your hue. Yeah. And it decides like if you go to jail or not. There's and, and so they effectively become the extended arm of the entire justice system. And um, and they have the gun explodes people. So it's like yeah. very... It depends. The gun's like, okay, <laughs> I'm really going to kill this person or like I'm just going to kind of shoot him in the arm or I'm not going to fire at all. Yeah. Sometimes the gun explodes their face. So it kind of reminded me <laughs> of that in this movie. Um, or I, I guess we saw that show after this, obviously, because it came out after. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I just love that kind of stuff. It's fun. Uh, what, what's another good um, scene? I think right after that, uh, Dredd gets a call from headquarters and he goes there because they're, they're going to put uh, Cassandra Anderson with him for the day to see if she's going to pass. They said, like, she hasn't really... She, barely has like failed she's like close but she's barely failed and but they think she's a good fit for uh being a judge because she has like this really strong psychic ability and dread being like lawful neutral he's like well she failed so she failed and they're like no just take her on anyways yeah and this um, is sort of another thing that they introduce here that she has this psychic yeah. ability that they kind of they explain later in the movie but she's born with that yeah because of like um the residual radiation mutation over time and all yeah. that because her she was born like real close to the the radiation zone like the edge of the city pretty much so do, do they go into detail i can't remember in the movie do they explain like what exactly happened that's caused this apocalyptic now or do they kind of the in the, the first few seconds you hear uh dread just talking about how everything's gone to shit and like Pretty much most of they they don't say it in the the movie, but I think in the comics there's only three mega cities in the U.S. Yeah, or or six uh, or something. There's like a flag even in the movie where it's got like a few stars on it, and it's yeah. like all the states have whittled down to. But yeah, I think the, the mega city one is the entire East Coast, which okay. is just one city. But like anything after, I think anything west of Boston is just like Mad Max wasteland. Okay, gotcha. Okay, that that clears that up. Thank you. Sure. Um, yeah, I like the character Cassandra. I like the ability that she has, and she really holds her own next to him. She's definitely almost the opposite, but I I like this story of a rookie proving themselves, which yeah. also kind of reminds me of Psychopaths. But anyways, well, it's just cool because I mean, jumping all the way to the end, Dread being so lawful neutral, he's like, he decides to pass her because. Towards the end, she did start taking things into her own hands, and she dispensed law the way she saw fit. And even if that means like letting certain people go because they might have been breaking the law, they didn't do it under; they were forced to. And so I think Judge saw or Dread saw that she can really pretty much see how things are and be fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he had trouble seeing that since he doesn't have her ability. Yeah. But and as he sees how she fair, operates. He's like, yeah. you did something illegal, you're in trouble. But, I mean, she can she sees kind the of see more of a, like, a little gray area. Yeah. Um. What's what's another? Um. So right after that, they pretty much introduce Mama, which is... Who I love. Uh, Lena... I think it's Hetty? Hetty or Hedley? Look. Pretty much uh, Cersei from Game of Thrones. She's a badass and everything. Yeah, Lena Headey. Yeah. So you see her. She's actually on slow-mo. But when she comes off of it, 
you find out that these I can't even I think they're just some guys that weren't really following the gang's rules and so she was like all right well just skin them and throw them off this 200 story building but give them slow mo so yeah. that they suffer longer and it's a long way down which is a really again yeah. cool visual actually I think that was um I think it was actually yeah she's like just kill him and throw him off the thing make a statement and then k which is like the guy we're gonna run around the whole movie with he's like oh give him the slow-mo uh, so they're okay. kind of showing you he's kind of he's trying to move badass up in the ranks. too yeah, yeah he's trying to be like really extra hard um and so pretty much dread and anderson get called to there because the the three people they throw off get notif um picked up by the judges and they're like okay well we'll take peach trees Mm -hmm. That's where it happens. So they go there, and that's what brings them to the peach trees block. Yeah, and that's pretty down. much where everything in the movie takes place from yeah. there on out. Yeah, which is really cool because I think in the behind the scenes, they like all they had was like a soundstage with a two story section of peach trees. Wow! And so they had to make these this little two story corner into two hundred floors of two hundred different floors. Wow! So that's it's really awesome. neat. They like would do different angles and decorate it differently to to get each floor and yeah. obviously a lot of times there'd be like a cg lower and upper floor but they would like put different stuff in and um do different dressings to make it look like they're on another floor but it was only like a two-story set yeah and when they get to peach or peach tree which always makes me think of dragon con yeah peach tree you see a lot of <laughs> uh judge cosplayers in front of the peach tree center at dragon con <laughs> that's right um so when they get there you know uh both um dread and cassandra um and they see the bodies and he and he like judge dread bends down and like rips the body bag off and sees a melty face um and he like does he like touch it i can't remember he like he, smells it or he no he, he pulls like he like looks in the mouth Oh, that's right. Because okay. he's like, there's a burn, a cold burn. Okay. Because they know about slow-mo. They know it's not, a problem. Yeah. yeah. And they know people are on it. And that's when like the the block, the peach tree blocks doctor, he comes up. He's like, it's slow-mo. We're having a real big problem here. And that's kind of where you learn about it. He's yeah. telling, because Dredd kind of knows about it, but no one really knows that much. And Anderson doesn't know anything about it. So the doctor's like, okay, it's this stuff we're having a problem with here makes everything slow mm -hmm. and then he asks the rookie for help you know kind of diagnosing yeah. what happened or finding out what happened and she gives her input too and which is correct yep she's like well they're skinned thrown off a building in public so like they want to make a statement right um and he's like mm. um and then this i think this is where too we start learning about mama the gang because because they have to be brought up to speed on like yeah because these these uh judges you know, they go to different places, but they don't necessarily know about the inner workings of every place that they visit. So he's been called to the center, um, and he's actually being brought up to speed by the, the I think the, the doctor, the, other, the doctor yeah. there. Yeah, he's saying there used to be three gangs, but Mama's gang is like the most most ruthless. So they've kind of taken over. So there's like just her from floor one to two hundred. She's completely eliminated all other, um, I guess, competition. Yeah. And they have like this picture. They don't even know what she looks like now, but they have like an old picture of her. She yeah. was a uh, a sex worker who um, her pimp like 
cut her face cut up. her face and that just like made her snap and now she's like this big crime lord um she's a badass she's awesome yeah. <laughs> she's very intimidating um but yeah so i i also kind of like that i was telling you this last time we watched it like even though the movie's about dread and he's definitely never minimized or in the background or anything like that but there's something cool going on between cassandra and mama it yeah, it's it, like it kind of helps to law me that versus lawless yeah, yeah it's like they're squaring off they don't look the same or anything like that but there's something vaguely similar about both of them and i feel like that was on purpose like she's got blonde hair and the bad guy has dark hair and bad girl uh sounds very weird to say but uh, bad girl um but i i like that too that dynamic um and i like the way that they catch us up to speed on everything is this where we kind of see uh we get a a flash real quick of donald gleason's character um or is that later because i think we've met him no um i don't i don't think anderson has sensed him yet but whenever the 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 med the the medic med bay not ben bay but uh the doctor is telling them um he kind of hinted like oh she's she's really hard she she's fucking everyone up here and you kind of see a clip of like just this scrawny guy like getting his eyes poked out yeah and yeah and then so pretty much you see that and then the next scene is like the cool one of the coolest scenes in the movie the like the the drug bust where it's like all the whole thing's in slow motion because these kids are doing slow-mo inside yeah and it reminds you a lot of like it reminds me of like the raid that movie. it is a lot of people say this is a ripoff but i believe they were both being written at the same time yeah i mean it is but i mean it's, a, it's it's an interesting idea it's not like a completely original idea either yeah. And I think I want to say this dread. I think it's based on like a one-off story from the comics called the Skinning Room. Oh, okay. But I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah, see, the raid came out in 2012 too, so it's not like they could have stolen the idea because dread was probably in the works. Yeah. Two years before. Right. So was the raid. I think it's just where we're at right now they're in our society. They're very similar. I mean, they definitely borrow from each other. They're very yeah. similar. Because there are kind of places, not just like this, but there are places where, you know, uh, I think Project Housing has taken, like, converted spaces like malls or other things yeah. and turned them into living spaces. So, I mean, it's really not far-fetched anyway. No. That being um, said, The Raid is This is an extreme awesome of movie. it. Oh, yeah. Do see The Raid. I actually thought you were going to say The Raid came out and then this was influenced by that. I I didn't know people I mean, thought they, it was a ripoff. They, I hate that word. They <laughs> came up. out, I think, less than a year apart. Oh, So, okay. it's kind of hard to make a I mean, full movie in less than a year when production yeah. on both movies were probably going on around the same time no i think it's just people having similar thoughts that's yeah all. they are very similar but so the um, this scene where they do the drug bus really cool like shoot em up slow motion scene is where we're introduced to k okay and so anderson realizes that he has he had something to do with the those dudes being thrown off the the roof and mm-hmm. so that's when Dredd's like, okay, well, instead of killing them, let's take them in. Right. And that's when we're introduced to Domino Gleason's character, which I don't think he even has a name. Clan Techie. Clan Techie. Okay. So he's just, he's the tech guy. Yeah. 
he sees them on the camera and that's where we're introduced to him mm-hmm. and so uh i'm not gonna say Donald gleason every time i'll just say the techie he pretty much calls mama in mm-hmm. and this is where everything really gets going because she's like okay there's two judges in here yeah, she gets on the uh, operating system. Oh, well, system. whatever. But then they're like, yeah, but they have K. And I think her like right-hand man is like, no matter how badass you are, if you get interrogated by a judge, you're going to talk. Mm. And so they're like, all right, lock them in. So she has Donald Gleason, clan techie. Clan techie. Uh, lock everything down. In this scene, you know, we did see that eye gouging scene earlier, but I'll admit, like, the first time I saw this movie, I don't think I made that connection yet. Yeah, they essentially, they put, like, robot eyes in. Yeah. So he can, like, I mean, he's a badass hacker, so. Yeah. But he's, like, super into the computer and everything. Like, almost to a point where he's, like, a part of it, kind of, I would yeah. say. Yeah. And, and, and you can tell that he's very afraid of Mama. Oh, yeah, yeah. He does not want to be there. He flinches when she touches him on his shoulders and stuff. Um, she also holds a bit knife point at least once. Uh, uh, yeah, whenever they do the lockdown, because yeah. he has to call into headquarters to say, uh, yeah, we're going to do a, uh, a, uh, what, I think, I think a war test or something. I can't yeah. remember what they call it, but essentially they're like, no, you're not scheduled. He's like, no, we need to do it now. We need to do this test because she has like a knife to him. Yeah. And so essentially doing the test means they lock the entire block down, mm-hmm. trapping everyone in. And that's when she gets on the intercom and is like, kill these two judges. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now we know all the, all the all the uh, gangs that are now under Mama, but they have still got their own identity a little bit. They're they're in groups, and a lot of the pre-existing gangs are kind of still together, but they work directly under Mama. Yeah, and so now you know it becomes a free for all, and it's like, man, how are our two heroes going to get out of this sticky situation? And badass badassery ensues probably for like the next hour. Yeah, as they make their way to the top. And as they're doing that, they kind of weave in a little more about Cassandra, where she came from. Yeah, you see, you see a few more like f- very subtle flashbacks, which mm-hmm. I feel like they're very subtle because I think they plan on making more of these. Yeah, I think um, this whole thing was setting up her character. Just for the more introduction of Anderson, you're like expecting the dark judges in a later movie. Oh, explain the Dark Judges. Well, the Dark Judges are like when the comic pretty much... Because this the movie is very grounded in reality. Well, the comic kind of jumps the shark and there's these four Dark, dark Judges from another realm. They're essentially the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Oh, okay. There's death, pestilence, pain, and... I forget the other one. But those are their names. Like, Judge Death being the most ruthless and... In the comics, the only way they defeat him is Anderson traps him in her mind, and then she pretty much puts herself in a coma forever. Oh, okay. So you're kind of like expecting maybe they're going to introduce the Dark Judges in a later film if they have Anderson, but I don't think we'll get to see that, unfortunately. Aw. Well, that would have been cool. Yeah, that would have been cool. What's another cool scene? Um... Well, there's a lot, but I think like <laughs> as they go up, probably the next coolest, well, I mean, like I said, there's a lot, but the one that really stands out is when they get those like three giant machine guns out. 
Oh, yeah. And they just, like, destroy two or three entire <laughs> floors. Yes. And that's that scene is just cool. It is. This is one of those movies, you know, I've, I've said, I've been open about the fact that some action movies, I, my eyes can kind of glaze over and I'm like, well. But in this movie, I'm, like, wrapped attention every well, single scene. it's not, like, just, like, punching and normal fighting. I mean, yeah. it's, like, every action-y scene is pretty different from the last. That's true. Like, you've got some, like, close range where they're fighting bad guys, and then others where they have to be really tactical and sneaky, and then you've got this one where they just literally, like, level three stories. Like, who cares who's in the way? Just people are getting blasted left and right. Yeah. Uh, But that scene does allow... um, both judges to get outside for a second because like they're pinned down they're i mean the, these machine guns are shooting through like dozens of walls so they're not safe and so judge dread shoots off like his high explosive round because he sees like a light coming through the wall where a bullet went through so they jump outside but they're still like a hundred floors up but being outside they're like they're able to use their comm so they can call That's for right. help yeah and so they're like, well, now we got help on the way, but we can't stand here. So they have to go back in and keep moving up. Because, um, yeah, because their idea is to go to the top floor where Mama is and yeah. stop her. Yeah. And so pretty much this is where um, two uh, more judges get the call and they, they show up and they're like, um, nope, nothing's wrong. Go away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so you're like, oh man, we thought we thought they were gonna get some help, but no, the no help there. Ugh. Um. And so this is where that you kind of uh, they get to a point where these two kids like try to take down, take them down. Yeah. Dreads like just uh, stun them, but this is where Kay kind of gets away and like takes Anderson. That's right. With them. And, and uh, she tries to use her mind stuff on him. He tries to turn it back on her, that that part. Yeah, but she manages to... Um, this is where, when they find out that all of slow-mo comes from peach trees. It's not just a problem there. This is where it's coming from. Ah. And so, pretty much, Kay is taking Anderson up to Mama, where she's going to be killed. Mm-hmm. And so... Okay, yeah, now that they have Anderson, this is where Dredd gets to make the Dredd speech. Oh, yeah. You all know what that is. <laughs> just just shout it at, shout it at the, your, your podcasting device. Yeah. I am the law. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And it's such, like, a better delivery than Stallone's. Yeah, well, you know, Carl Urban has a lot of great one-liners that we were quoting, like, the whole movie. I always forget when I watch this, I can almost say every line right when it happens. Yeah. Like, even if it's, like, just a single word, like, when he's like, yep. It's like, you know <laughs> when it's coming. He's a man of few words. Yeah. And so when he talks, it has weight. Yeah. And so he does his really cool speech, and that's when Mom was, like, starting to get nervous. Yeah. And so I thought this was cool, because, like, the movie does keep some comic book cheese to it. Yeah. And like they're like, oh no, he's still coming up here. What are we gonna do? And she's like, call nine one one. And so they essentially call four corrupt judges. Yeah. And so they're there to kill 
uh, Dread and Anderson. Which is fun and exciting. Yeah, because now you've got like level playing field. Well, I don't know. I don't think anyone's on par with Dread. <laughs> I knew what you meant. <laughs> yeah. Well, so he pretty much makes real quick work of like the first one. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying. Oh, yeah, I guess I'm jumping all over the place. No, you're fine. Well, so they're like, okay, they're going to come here. So we can't. We have to make it look like it was just a drug bust. So, like, just take Anderson and just shoot her. Mm-hmm. And Kay, being pretty, he's pretty arrogant. He's like, oh, man. And he's got, like, her lawgiver gun. He's like, I've always wanted one of these. And so he's planning on using it. But what he doesn't know is that they're ID specific like a DNA test on it. And so whenever he tries to shoot her, it just blows his hand off. And then <laughs> it's a she great scene. kicks him in the head and escapes. Yep. And so she uses her psychic power. The, the one of the judges is like, Oh, I'm here. I'm your backup. And she reads her mind. She's like, Nope. And just blasts her. So that was fun. Yeah. That ability comes in handy a yeah. lot in the movie. Just, are you going to kill me? <laughs> oh, you are. Okay. That gun IDing technology should be a thing. <laughs> I think it will someday, but I, I really like that. It's it's pretty cool. Um, it's in a lot of like sci-fi stuff. It's it's in that psychopath show too. Yeah, like, only the user only can, the use, user can that. use it. Yeah. Well, I guess compared to, I mean, the gun, the lawgiver in the comics is cool, but it kind of looks like a ray gun almost. Oh, really? So it was kind of neat. Yeah, because these are based on like actual. It's based on a Glock, a Glock like an actual yeah. police weapon. Yeah. But there's just a bunch of crazy crap put on top of it. <laughs> And so pretty much after that, they, they're in the movie. They managed to pick off all four judges. Um, the last one being Judge Lex is pretty cool because, like, Lex actually gets Dread in the side or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And Dread's he's completely... got to have that Yeah, and he's moment. completely out of ammo. And so Lex is, like, real excited. He's like, oh, I'm going to be the one that takes down Dread. Dread yeah. The Judge Dread. It is so cheesy but great when all dread says is wait yeah and so lex is like what what do you mean wait wait for you to to have a few more moments of life pitiful life blah 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 and then he just gets like shot (laughs) and dread's like wait for her to shoot you yeah and it's anderson and they (laughs) they dress dread's wounds and he's like oh i'm okay now yeah it's really easy it's like a video game yeah (laughs) you found an herb but this was really cool because uh, pretty much when they first came to Peach Trees, Dread was like, "Are you ready?" And she's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "You don't look ready." But now, they're they pretty much Dread gets ammo because he takes it off Lex, and so he's good to go now. And he's like, "You ready?" And she's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "You look ready." Yeah, it's and a cool now, moment. Like, the music starts up, and they take out a bunch of more bad guys. They go up the couple couple more floors and now they're at the top yep and this is where they finally meet um the clan techie donald gleason's character Mm -hmm. and so dread's like ready to kill him but then anderson's like no we need the the code or whatever to get or i think he's trying to get out of it he's like i'll give you the code and so anderson kind of scans his mind and she's like oh he doesn't want to be here he's being forced under his will to work for them and so she let him go and i think that's when dread was kind of like 
well, yeah, I guess that was in his head. I feel like he's like, that was right. He 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 technically didn't do anything wrong under his own will. He was right. being he's forced, forced to divorced, do it yeah. for protecting his life. And so they go in to Mama's lair, and of course she has like a f- the fail safe where she's like, oh well. I have all these floors rigged with explosives, and if my heart stops beating, it blows up. And so, dread being dread, he's like, "I'm gonna throw you off this, and I don't think it'll reach all the way up here." And he was right. <laughs> Good thinking. Yeah, he got lucky. But so that was another really cool scene. He did the same thing to Mama that they did to those first three guys they killed. He. Gave her slow-mo and then... I think that's to slow her heart down so that as she fell... You know what I mean? Like, since it has to get out of range and everything. Well, plus... Make her heartbeat a little slower. I think it's just dread being... neat. Being mean. Oh. He's, he's horde. Yeah. And so, yeah, she falls all the way down and you see, like, her face splatter. Which was actually kind of a cool scene. It sounds yeah. like it'd be super gory, but... I mean, this movie is kind of gory, but it's but pretty gore. I think, um... The director actually said, given all the uh, the violence in it, none of it's really that gory, because he wanted it to look very stylized and like yeah. beautiful. Like anytime there's blood, it's very bright red. Yeah. Like almost like a neon red. Yeah. Very like, you know, what do they call it? Uh, this Chinese opera. Kind of like a Hong Kong blood opera. Hong Kong. Blood. Very over the top. Yeah. But so, yeah, they they save the day and they go down and Anderson's like, sure, she failed. So she's all upset and walks away. And then the uh, the head judge that we met at the very beginning when they were doing Anderson's assessment or pre-assessment. And she's like, well, is she a pass or a fail? And of course, Dredd's like, yep, she's a pass. Because <laughs> I think he realizes like... Not everything is as black and white as he sees it. Yeah. Because he realized she made good judgments, even if he wouldn't have made the same decision. Yeah. She can be his moral compass, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It was really good. I love this movie a lot. It is beautiful to look at. It really, for a gritty, dark, like ultra violent movie, it's very pretty. It's got a bunch of really fun quotable lines, great action. Um, and yeah, I just like the concept. It it makes me want to read. I've never read any of the Dread comics, but it's old. But I think they're still coming out with some. Like they've got a bunch of spinoffs too, where it's like other judges and everything. Is it a, a British comic? Yeah, it's from it's from the Britain. Kind of like how we have DC and Marvel over here. They have 2000 AD. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah. They. It's their whole like comic line over there. But yeah, it's a British. Um. Company. Cool. Well. And I feel like it's funny. It's like how yeah. they see the police over here in America. I mean, is it that far <laughs> off? <laughs> I did too also like how they sort of tackled like urban crime, but added a little bit of nuance. It wasn't yeah. just your typical like, oh, all the minorities are bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, in some older action movies where you're like, hmm, questionable. Like he has that vigilante spirit, but it's I think he's a little bit better. Yeah. You know, Um. And so I think overall, I like it a little bit better. It's uh, like, you don't care who you are. If you broke the law, you broke the law. Yeah. But, you know, the fact that they can introduce, like, nuance as to why yeah. that might be. I, I like that. Um, So 
what uh why do you like this movie so much why do you think you've seen it so many times in theaters and in person i mean at home i feel like it's just i don't know it's kind of like on, on in the group when you said we were watching it like i i think i commented to someone i'm literally like vibrating with excitement when i get to watch <laughs> it it's just really fun like every time i watch it it's like just as fun as it was the last time um i mean whether it be like the really cool like realistic version of the the judge uh uniform or i mean just the visuals or like the the choreography of some of like the fights not not like fight fight scenes but like the the gun fight scenes and all that i mean everything is just done really cool really well and i don't know it's just for being super violent and gritty it's just a really fun movie to watch that's not uncomfortable because sometimes it could be too gritty and sad and like cringy violence but this is just fun i agree it's it's highly stylized and almost cartoonish so you feel a little bit more removed from the violence it's like it came from a comic book yeah or video game yeah and um yeah i think you know i the soundtrack helps a lot for me i really like the the soundtrack awesome i like the concept i like science fiction so i think this kind of makes this sort of action movie a little different for me than some of the other run-of-the-mill ones yeah and yeah well how would you pitch this movie to somebody that hasn't seen it before oh man i would i would almost have to say like okay do you like gritty cop drama do you like really interesting comic booky villains in kind of a realistic setting and do you like all the cool gunfight scenes of John Wick? Yeah. Then watch Judge or don't don't watch Judge Dread. Watch Dread. <laughs> yeah, I would. You say can watch like, Judge Dread, but that's more for a laugh. Are you okay with a Batman that kills people? Yeah, it's you essentially <laughs> Batman that has like a kill counter over his head. Right. Um, then this movie is for you. Mm-hmm. And as I said, it was funny, like, I when we were watching, I tweeted, I was like, if you don't like this movie, delete me! I do feel that way. That's, I really, that's really love Just it. Just delete us if you don't like this movie. Um, but I think you should give it a shot. It, it, I feel like it's a little underrated, a little under the radar. I think we've had a few people that didn't want to see it because of the Stallone movie. And yeah. we forced them to watch it. They're like, whoa, that was badass. Yeah, it's really good. So give it a shot, man. Go see it. Um, well, Nick, thanks so much for coming back on. Well, thanks for having me again. Again. Uh, this was really fun. I love this film and you love it too. So it's fun to talk about. It is. Do you want to plug anything before we go? Um, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll plug some of my, I guess me, my, yeah. uh, my prop stuff, um, is Wardco props. That's pretty much across the board. My Instagram, Twitter, and uh Facebook page. Um, the funny thing is, I was I was saying the other day that currently all the things I've made recently have all been from spy movies. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most recently you made um, a James Bond. Yeah, the uh, pretty much we don't get to see it till November now, but it's the the Japanese theater no mask that's broken that um, Rami Malek. uh, Rami Malek's character wears. Yep. Really cool look. Very classic Bond villain-esque. Yes. 
So check that out. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, I'll see you in the next room because uh, we're in quarantine together. Yeah. And uh, I am the law. I am the law.